Hello and welcome back to Discovering Esape, episode 135, I believe. Jesus Christ, yeah, that's too many. Too many episodes. <laughs> Guys, if you still watch... We've reached I the stage are... in the, uh, the podcast life cycle where we start begging for death. We're not the best SCP podcast, nor are we the most, like, well, like, produced, but I do... But welcome we back to episode 135. <laughs> But I do believe we are the longest-running SCP podcast. Hell yes, quantity over quality. I don't think any... I, I think so, right? I don't think... I, don't, I can't imagine this long. anyone else willing to do this for this long. <laughs> More than a third of their life. <laughs> it's almost... It's getting closer to half your life. I know, it's, it's, it begins to distress me. <laughs> are, are you okay? I'm fine. How do you feel? I, I found a solution for how we can stop the encroachment of SCP to a portion of your life, and we're, we have to release SCP too. Well, I've actually, I've already taken steps against that. I've created a homunculus, and that's me. And all my negative feelings go to him. That's nice, but will he make it to the next loop? Uh, no, he will expire soon, so I'll have to get a new one. Oh, that's sad. He just lays well, in the corner in the fetal position. Guys, I would, I would love to give you some SCP news, but it's come to my attention that the, the SCP news this is itself on the website... This is showing how he's not a good reporter, because he doesn't actually find out any news. He well, just no, goes I on the main page I, and reads I, I, out I very much have to find out news, because the main page doesn't update more than, like, once a month. It's worthless. Well, why, don't you, worthless why don't you do some investigation? Tell us what's going so on. So I did. What's so right on? now there's a controversy right now, right? I don't actually Twitter. know because he could say any shit. I would be able to tell. Th no, this is real. So there's like you know AI art, and you oh, know yeah, there's I know like this. I know there's this. obviously a difference in AI art between having like a fun thing and like you know making something and being like I'm an artist. But there are there are some people, some people who are like you can't use any AI art apps. They're bad. You you should just commission artists. And then other people are like fuck off, let us have fun, and there's, like, some weird, like, friction there in the community right now, um, and my yeah, which answer, we are not equipped to deal with, <laughs> but uh, let's hear, I'm equipped, I have opinions, okay, what's your opinion, my, op my opinion is, as long as you're not stealing people's art or trying to pretend you're an artist, if you just want to have fun on, like, a little pit crew app, who fucking cares, just shut up, all right, people, I don't know. This, that one's going to get me murdered by artists, but that's my opinion. What's your opinion? You um, I feel like if you mess around with it just, like, by yourself, there's no real problem. If you start using it for, like, other stuff, I feel like that's an issue, like... Yeah. And also because a lot exactly. of it, let's be honest, a lot of it looks bad. Yeah. Well, the one that the one that caused the controversy is people found one that makes you look like a hot anime person. Oh, I've seen this on Twitter. Or not anime, but, like, just, like, a hot, like, comic character, kind oh, of. No, these days are hot anime, we know. <laughs> No, no, no! I, I'm just like, I know there. I know, you. I know there is the anime one. There's the racist anime one, and then there's the one that's like that just makes you like a hot comic character that I saw a couple people do, and I think that's the one that caused the problem. People were not happy about. It. I think Sherm did it, and Nikki did it, and then people were weird about it. They killed him. So that's that's what SCP cares about today. You can tell they're very people are very bored, but that's okay. That's why we have this podcast. So <laughs> just listen to discovering SCP, you will never be a part of drama. Smile. Um, what other news is going on? Let me think. Um, weren't you doing something? Or am I mistaken? But you're going to have to tell me because I don't know what you're talking about. Were you not the one working on an SCP project? Someone we know was. I wasn't. 
This is, I don't, I'm interested to know what you thought I was working on, though. I, I don't know. I just thought someone... I thought you were someone on... I can't believe you've actually forgotten about server. my project, though. This is heartbreaking. <laughs> well, I do know you were hypothetically making uh, an Aetheral Space Side story, but... Where'd it go, Tan? Well, you see, I was busy writing the actual April Space story. This guy's full of excuses. When are we gonna get Evil Dragon if story? When I feel fucking like it. If IF Dragon didn't shoot Wazazi in the back and Ruth died. The devil end. Yeah. What would happen? What would he come to? Well, you'll what have to wait until I produce the story. Alright. Which will fucking happen. I genuinely don't know outside that small bit of random art drama if there's anything of note in the community. I think that's it for news. Oh yeah, I do. Like, we made up some news to fill out the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, I, t I said you had a project that didn't exist because I thought you did, but I'm insane. Uh, okay, so how many tales do we have today? Because we're still doing anti Yeah, we're still deep we into the antimimetic tunnel. We have yeah. one, two, maybe three. I don't know. It depends on how, how long these take us. Two to three. Thank you, three. Quantum, for the content, as always. Thank you. You're, um, you're single-handedly keeping our podcast going. It's on its last fucking legs. Yeah, this is basically... <laughs> the, the, the commentary is getting more and more negative in every episode. Yeah, you can tell we're down... We're, like having, we're down bad. I almost said down bad. Seen so many but I keep, babes. I see, I know now that down bad is like a horny term, but I still keep thinking it means sad, like, subconsciously. <laughs> it's because you I associate arousal of sorrow because of your experiences. <laughs> No, um, yeah, we're basically just reading the unedited version of Anti-Mimetics Division at this point. Like, the, the OG cut. Exactly. Do you think we can get, like, a director's commentary version where we have Quantum Guest star on again and be like, yeah, this was when I did this in the book instead? Interesting. Well, I don't know. Quantum, if you're listening, almost certainly not. Um, <laughs> please get back to us. Quantum said he'd be he'd be happy to come on anytime, so I'm just saying we should take advantage of that. When's the last time we had a guest, huh? Oh my god, it's been so fucking long. That's why we fell off. We stopped getting fucking guests on. Yeah, right? Because there were too we fucking many. Our, we gotta get guests back. <laughs> we Doom back on. <laughs> no. Wow. Doom can come back on when Doom. he makes it to... Doom can come back on when he makes it to Havoc Moon. Then we can do it. Call Doom, he's crying. I'm so sorry, dude. Let's, let's get into uh, it. We're wasting too much time talking about yeah, we are. literally what nothing. Are we? Six and a half minutes in? Come on. SCP, the, the wild lights. It's not an SCP, it's a tale. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. You didn't hear my Discord go off on the other computer by chance, did you? No, I didn't. It's probably from me because I just sent the link. It was. Wild light. Hell yeah. Right, quantum. <clears throat> Quantum's great. The meeting room is containment unit S one six seven double O one double O six, which the skull of a stillborn cryptomorpha gigantes. Was that the was that the anti meme we read that was like the anti meme dinosaur? Yeah. Okay, I thought I remembered that. The hollow out space inside the skull cavity is a prototypical Vegas room, a place where what happens stays. People go in, they come out, the memories are sieved out the universe as they leave, and they remember nothing. The skull was acquired in the 90s. The information suppression effect is a byproduct of the species' natural antimatic camouflage, a phenomenon which rendered the colossally tall creatures somehow nearly impossible to observe in the wild. It's a phenomenon Dr. Bartholomew Hughes and his team spent years figuring out how to replicate. They've got it now. They can synthesize C. Gigante's bone, extruding it in prefabricated pieces from steel grids. They can bolt the plates together to make hermetically sealed boxes. Passive emetic insulation, no need for complicated machines, it's got a lot of potential. 
The skull is 45 metres long, 16 wide and 15 tall. It resides at the centre of a vast purpose-built containment unit of its own, surrounded by the rest of the same sea gigantic individual's bones, laid out in meticulous radial patterns for space efficiency. The Australia occupates about a third of the containment unit's floor area. The rest comprises immense industrial vessels that all its and harvested organs. Some of their actual vessels repurpose cargo ships loaded with brain matter and skin tissue. Mm. The floor plan of the warehouse is clear enough, nav- navigable if grim, but from the ground level on foot, the place is a indigenous, intimidating, macabre place, even fluorescent lit around the clock. Hughes... I have to be honest, what does vertiginous mean? You don't even know what vertiginous means? Are you even serious right now? Go ahead and keep doing it while you Google it for me. <laughs> it means really extremely high or steep. Or related to say? or extremely high or, sleep, or steep. Okay, good to know. It's related to vertigo, like vertiginous. Ah, it's almost like verminous, but not quite. No, it's not. Hughes walks down <laughs> an echoing canyon created by, on his left, a hundred meter long foreleg bone, and on his right, the blue steel container holding the creature's first stomach. Ahead, the skull peers down the canyon at him, a distant yellow-white tower, fuzzed with scaffolding and disused scanning rig, its eye sockets vacant blank. As he walks, Hughes has to remind himself continually that these are all the remains of a single organism, one of the tiniest examples of its species. Behind the skull, where there used to be the creature's first neck vertebra, there is now a large compound mechanical airlock, a ramp and some steps, and a staging area. The staging area serves as a miniature customs desk, tracking every person and item entering and leaving the chamber. Although memories are wiped on exit, written electronic records emerging from the interior have to be handled manually. Standard procedures for the first person exiting the room to bring written instructions for the filtration officer, telling what other information in the room interior needs to be scrubbed and what is safe to retain. Usually the list of information to retain is very short. This sounds like a lot of work. I would be very tired working here, I think. You imagine the Olympic Foundation. We need to make sure no information leaks. That sounds like a lot of work. Guys, can we just keep it simple? Uh, Let keep it simple, paper. stupid. <laughs> Me. <laughs> there are seats, scanners, a coffee machine, a trolley loaded with eating equipment, and a stack of cages for the germs. Parts just outside the staging area, there is also a limousine, bulletproof. Oh, thank goodness. Where's everyone else? Hughes asks the Foundation, her, and meets him, whose name is Bochner. I'm not late. This way, please, she says. <laughs> this way, please, 47, she says, leading into a seat near a scanner. Hughes has gone through this procedure a dozen times now, so he knows to hold his left arm out. Buckner turns the wrapper off a sterile bracelet-like sensor and clamps it around Hughes' left wrist, the reserves nearby screen. They went in almost an hour ago, she says. Hughes frowns. That's not usual. Why would they tell him a different start time? Why would they need an hour of preparation time before he showed up? I don't know. Why is the narration asking me? I don't fucking know what goes on here. Did they say anything? Of course not. Hughes hasn't the slightest clue what his meeting is about, or what the previous meetings are about, or even if they have a common topic. Actually, he does have some clues. The timing of the meetings is one. The first take place earlier this year, when the emerged amnesiac, they were clutching written instructions from themselves to themselves to continue meeting monthly. Around October, the meetings became weekly. They had free last week, and after Friday, they created a new schedule. They meet for 90 minutes every morning, starting today, Monday. Is this like a... Like a prototype version of that box that Marion used to Yeah, this is like a naturally in. occurring one, yeah. Oh, cool. A more significant clue is the list... Yeah, that's the mention before, that's what this is based... That's based on. 
That's cool. More significant clue is the list of attendees. Other than Hughes, three high-caliber researchers from his own organization are in attendance, along with the directors of Sites 41, 45, and 167, the last of whom is Michael Lee, the Foundation's chief of antibiotics and Hughes' direct manager. He steals a glance at the car parked behind him. There's also this guy, or gal. Hughes doesn't know for sure to whom the owner belongs, but the list of people in the world who have invited to drive a street vehicle into a Foundation container building is extremely short. Well, not to professorate, it's 13 people. There is no what's, five in the room. What's perversity? You seriously perversity. don't know what that means? Are you being serious? No. It means to speak or act in an evasive way. Why is Quantum such a better writer than us? I bet he's never even used Eyes Widened in one of these. <laughs> <laughs> there is no five in the room. An O5 is extremely interested in the Kuma discussions. This is a new and non-trivially alarming development. I don't I don't typically think that using like fancy words necessarily means a better writer, but like when Quantum does it, I'm like, wow, so so thoughtful, so provocative. <laughs> he nods at the car. Could this place be busy with private security lousy with private security right now? Falconer shrugs. Anybody- See, we can't even read normal words. <laughs> Anybody going to the unit with the O five? Bodyguard? Anyone stay in the car? No. Hughes glances at the car again. The windows are tinted, though surely there's a driver behind the wheel at least. Where's the real protection? Maybe it's all invisible, microbes, occult spells of warding. He feels like the car is watching him back. How much do we know about magic? How much have we read about magic in the Foundation? I don't think that much. I know vaguely from one of your articles there's like a magic police force from the Among Us article. And like, is there anything else they have? They have other stuff, but I I, I cannot succinctly sort of pack that into like a short, snappy response. You know what, that's fair. Let's continue, sorry. Open your mouth, please. Buckner puts a disc-like cap on Hughes' head, presses a mitter to the roof of his mouth, and fires two pulses of radiation through his brain. Persona! Any psychic intrusions? <laughs> yeah, they do that in, in Persona so much. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they fight... do in Persona... Have you never seen Persona 3? Yeah, but that's not what they do. They put a gun to the head. Yeah, he put in the mitter to the roof of his mouth, and he fired two pulses. He's like putting the gun in his mouth. This guy's been playing too much Persona. <laughs> What's in the mitter? What's it's not a fucking gun. What is it? Is it like a vape pen? This guy has been vaping too much. <laughs> Just tell me what in the guy mitter is. Guy who's only ever played for soda and smoked vapes. <laughs> guy who can only make references. I'm Guy. Any psychic intrusions? <laughs> Muffled by an emitter, Hughes manages. Uh-huh. He pulls out the emitter and discards it. Did you experience REM sleep in the past 12 hours? He wiped his mouth. Yes. How many digits do you have? Ten. Count them for me, please. Hugh spreads his fingers and counts them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. His right thumb is five. Buckner would inject some of the substance which will prevent his body from rejecting the germ, then lifts a germ out of one of the cages. It splays its tendrils out, confused, not a fan of being picked up. Tilt your head back and look at the ceiling, please. Eyes wide open. Eh? His eyes wide, I guess. Whoa, hold on. Well, he wrote eyes wide open. Eyes wide <laughs> yeah, but as a result, he will now widen his eyes. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. You're just as you're just as good as Quantum. <laughs> this is the blueprint. <laughs> the blueprint. <laughs> and if you could take off your glasses, use obliges, handing his glasses to Bockner for scanning. I just like this part. He states. Buckner has no comment. She lays the germ over his eyes like a sleep mask. There's a cold, sludgy sensation that wraps itself around his chin and her. 
and the tendrils meet behind his neck and begin knitting with his spine. You see his darkness where he was. See, this is too much foundation. I would not protect the world if it took all this. Would you? Would you let the germ crawl inside of you? I would rather play Persona while vaping. Yes, fuck you. <laughs> oh my god. What is in the middle then, huh? It's what not, is in the middle? It's like a little device. It's not a fucking pistol. Alright, what's it look like? Describe it. Right I don't know. Boy. It looks like a pistol. He would have said it looked like a pistol. <laughs> no, would it have? Maybe that's what's left of the imagination. In my imagination, he summoned his persona, Trismegistus. <laughs> and there's a feeling about part of his brain dislocating and a fake eye opens where his real one would be. The fake eyeball is around four times the size of his own. No, it's singular. It's four pupils granting decent death perception. And he can see a little oh. way into the ultraviolet. So gross. The germ is acting as an external block of short to medium term memory, as a proxy between the conscious part he used in the real world. When the meeting is over, the germ will be removed and incinerated, along with all the memory of the meeting. Rip germ. There are other amnestic approaches, gas, injectable drugs, surgical techniques, occult rituals. Mm -hmm. These are safe, proven technologies for mass use on the general public and foundation staff alike. But they all operate on the same essential principle that the unwanted knowledge has already entered the mind and must now be removed or suppressed after the fact. Such procedures are imperfect. Memory removal can leave critical fragments behind, occasionally enough for people to rebuild dangerous holes. Amnestic technologies for causing suppressed memories to reassert themselves are continually advancing. Recent developments on the latest generation family of biochemical amnestics, Class Z, seem likely to produce a substance which renders all after-the-fact memory erasure techniques irrelevant. The only amnestic defense against Class Z will be to come out amputation. So if there's advanced warning time, it's better to physically compartmentalize, to ergap, to outsource the memory to another organism entirely and never let them touch your own mind. You can't be forced to recall something which you generally never experienced. Uh, they better, these meetings better be real fucking productive if they go to all this effort. Is it common? Like, so I just realized, would you say this is like a, an emergency meeting? <laughs> would you? I don't know. It seems not the case because it seems like they do this on the regular. Uh, is the opposite sauce. of emergency meeting. Darnell doesn't think it's an emergency meeting. Darnell sauce. Shut up! Oh my god, Wait, this isn't even a podcast anymore. This is just yeah. brain vomit. Keep reading. And yet you're here. It's a complex and dynamic field, one of several fields in which uses the world. <laughs> yeah, it's complex, okay? It's not so basic like Among Us, alright? This is for real adults. There are machines which can perform the same task as the germ. The silicon modules wear like a headset, plugged into a surgically implanted jack behind your ear. But Hughes would rather die than submit to interfacing his brain directly with a computer, especially a foundation-made computer. Nobody's getting his brain waves. When he put he joined the foundation 30 years ago, he put a DNU in his will, do not upload. Everyone thought it was crazy. Of course, using both the germs and the Vegas room feels rather like overkill. That's another clue. No longer can be scanned, Bopkin tells him. He refills his pocket and takes up his laptop. Walking slightly unsteadily because of the new weight he's carrying on his head, he climbs the stairs to the airlock. Popcorn. It's such a gross way to fucking function. I, I could never. I could never be I could do it in this moment. It's, it's too much. Do you know what else I could fucking do? What? Popcorn. I heard you the okay. first time. Okay. You, you just bounced off your barrier. Yeah, no, I heard it. Hughes would be the first to admit that a typical foundationer has appalling taste. Me too. A typical... A typical foundationer like picks... just like me for real. 
A typical fan. There's. Uh, never mind. I'm sorry, a typical sorry. I'm ruining your magnum fucking opus. I can't. I can't breathe. A typical foundationer picks brutal functionality over aesthetic pleasure 100 times out of 100, and a depressing percentage of foundationers don't even comprehend the distinction. Hughes sees this reflected in the architectural choices and interior design of the foundation's buildings and offices, buildings and offices, and in its labs and containment facilities, which commonly cultivate a hopeless, bleak cliff edge atmosphere. He sees it in its machinery, its devices, its tools, and even its font choices. Hard edges, clashing colors, failing aircon, and personality, clutter, claustrophobia. And so, S16700-1006's interior is a surprise and a delight. Hughes actually sighs. It seems like someone hired a designer. The place is spacious and modern, well-lit, with select walls painted in bright secondary colors. There's not a bit of exposed concrete in sight. S16700-1006 isn't a single space, but a self-contained su- suit suite, suite sorry, laid out on two floors. Are you looking at my There's suit, Mr. Hughes? My suite laid out on two floors. There's a central meeting area with a double-height ceiling, a long oval table, and Herman Miller chairs. Along the left wall, there are smaller breakout meeting rooms with frosted glass walls and doors. Above those, reached by a flight of stairs, there's a kitchen area, and in the back are some additional rooms, restrooms, and storage. The carpet is gray and orange, a non-repeating hexagonal pattern. The place is well-ventilated and smells of coffee. There are four people waiting for him. Marion Wheeler, who runs Site 41, is descending the kitchen stairs, holding a steaming disposable cup. That's, that's our know. cow. Graves. She walks in like it's a fucking Marvel movie, like with one fucking Daredevil walks in. <laughs> the audience goes wild. Yeah, everything. it's one of those cheesy entrances where they clearly like wait, giving time for the audience to like do a response. So she yeah, like walks like in, stands in the center of the in frame, the holding the coffee like, <laughs> the camera like, for like five to ten it's like seconds. Marion Wheeler, who runs Site Forty One. <laughs> Is it? The but then when you're watching it back, it's like a really awkward pause for no reason. <laughs> Graves, director of Site 45, is at the main table, typing at a laptop. Michael Lee is at the back of the room, chatting with 058. All of them are wearing germs. The four huge eyeballs of the four germs swiveling unison to stare at Hughes as he comes in. It's a highly disconcerting effect. Hughes forces himself to smile back. Uh, you're here, 05-8 says. He is strange-looking, even accounting for the germ. Hughes has never seen an O5 before, and O5-8 looks very unlike what he expected. He tries not to stare, but his own germ is extremely good at staring. You're all- Germa? You're- <laughs> Germa? Germa? Does Germa also have a germ? Or is he a germ? One of the O5 insults. Uh, you're-, you're all caught up? Hughes asks. The nature of the asynchronous work loop is that the first quarter of any meeting in a Vegas room is spent reading notes left from prior meetings. Hughes, correct, guesses that there's been an hour-long pre-meeting, and then everybody broke for coffee, and now they're resuming. We are, O5-8 says. He takes a seat at the head of the table, with Graves to his left. Lee sits to his right, and Wheeler to Lee's right. O5-8 indicates a particular vacant chair, opposite Wheeler, where a printed document is waiting for Hughes to read it. Hughes sits his laptop down, hesitant to approach the document. You want me to read this now? Take as long as you need. Where's my team? Hughes asks, with three bodies short. Read the document, Dr. Hughes, 05-8 says. He seems upbeat. Perhaps he's projecting an upbeat facade to help Hughes to forget exactly how much authority and power he wields. His net worth is said to be essentially infinite. It's not really about money at his level. He and his kind can do anything. Yeah, I get that. How does you have a net worth when you're supposedly secret? 
Where does the money come from? from? Who the, the fuck shit funds all this? They they own money. They invented it. <laughs> does the IRS know about the foundation? What do you think? Do they have like GOI specific currencies? Maybe foundation dollars. <laughs> You're gonna fucking say. You can say. You're like a prolific author. Tell me right now. And that would be the answer. Yeah, they own the money printer. Okay. Well, that wasn't real. But okay. You tried. Uh, Hughes sits and reads. The document is a scientific paper purportedly authored by Hughes himself, with various of his fellow researchers co-authoring, including two who should be in this room now. Hughes doesn't recognize the paper's title or content, but that's nothing special in his line of work. The text is written in his own formal academic style, so he has no reason to doubt its authenticity. This is me going back into my fucking SCP list of all the shit I don't even remember writing. <laughs> it's a brisk read, very dense and to the point, written for a target audience of other mimetic scientists. And in the abstract, it announces the observation of a new, titanically powerful and dangerous anti-ameme-plex, provisionally designated 3125, for which the authors plan to seek a Paulian classification. Hmm... The main body of the first page describes eight different phenomena, most but not all of them anomalous, most but not all of the anomalous ones controlled by the Foundation and having SCP designations. From a cursory glance, the phenomenon appears to be totally unrelated, either to one or another, or to the proposed SCP-3125. Hughes suspects he could derive the implied link between them, given a few minutes, but elects to read on. He flips the piece of paper over. The whole document is just two sides of A4. The other side is mostly mathematics. There is one graph and one equation, and a brief technical description of two highly novel meme-plectic transformation procedures, which the authors dub amplification. Then there's something like a jump scare in text form. There's a crucial logical leap, and for Hughes, the arrival of comprehension is so blunt, so sudden, and frightening that it physically startles him. Even knowing that the word Apollyon was on the table, even primed to expect something extremely nasty on this side of the paper, he recoils. Oh, fucking hell! Nobody else says anything. They wait expectantly for Hughes to gather his thoughts and draw some conclusions. He reads the rest of the paper, figuring out what it's going to say almost live as he reads it. As he reaches the end, the initial shock hasn't worn off. The sheer scope of 3125 is a significant distance beyond his current comprehension. He's had a glimpse of it through a keyhole. He would need time in front of a computer to play with the results to get a grasp of it. Uh, 3125 is the container, right? No, it's what the container is, is the container. 3125 is the thing you don't want to be spotted by. The 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 penta the starfish. Yeah. Okay. No, he needs to build filters first, the equivalent of lead-lined gloves to let him manipulate this radioactive idea complex with some degree of safety. He feels like it may have glimpsed him. That's so spooky. Class- <laughs> so strong. It's like when you when you like understand it, it's like oh, what was that noise? Because I'm looking around. <laughs> I have Sauron looking ass. Apollyon classification is reserved for highly destructive active anomalies. Which I'll are send my ten antimimetic generals after him. You <laughs> like the spider guy, yeah. the Tower of Spiders. He's like, oh, I'm the weakest of the no, ten he was generals. Be the second in command. <laughs> they call me Spider Ulysses. Oh, no, 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 no. They all named after starfish species. <laughs> oh god, we have to look up starfish species to fin- finish this bit. My name is Protorista Nodusus. <laughs> Oh my God. But you can call me Crowd of Thorns. <laughs> it's not related to his aesthetic at all. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, what were we reading? We were reading okay. the, 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 the before I made it entirely uh, unrelated. Apollyon, 
Abelian classification is reserved for highly destructive active anomalies, which are functionally impossible to contain, something past Keter. An Apollyon class anomaly is an anomaly more or less guaranteed to ultimately destroy the world, no matter what is done to stop it. The only thing which can avert that particular XA class scenario is if something else, likely some other Apollyon class anomaly, destroys the world first. The relative threat level is measured not in material containment resources, but in inevitable years. Off the top of his head, Hughes would put that figure as a single digit. Yeah, this is it, he says. It's bizarrely liberating. Oh, sorry, it's bizarrely liberating. This is the one that's going to kill us. He looks around the table. Did we obtain a Pauline classification? No, O5-8 says. No? O5-8 smiles thinly. Currently thinking in the overseer's space is that a Pauline classification is a confession of defeat. It's bad for morale. It cultivates defeatist attitudes. Aside from the special classifications, Keter is considered the top of the hierarchy as of right now. All extant Apollyons are likely to be reevaluated and reclassified Keter over the next year or so. Other than that, what do you think? Hughes says, You want containment procedures? We've had this conversation a bunch of times before, correct? Let's imagine this is the first time, O5-8 says. I'm trying to make it to the next fucking break, but my throat is so dry. I don't know if I'm strong enough to. I'll, I'll tell you the the, the next break is a long way away, so if you need to popcorn I'll, soon, I will. I'll, I'll popcorn it. You take over. Okay, where were we again? Hugh stares darkly at this his paper. You could exterminate all intelligent human life, he says. If there are no sapient hosts in this universe, the SCP can't incarnate. There's a faintly stunned pause. Yes, Wheeler says. You have pitched that approach before, and I don't think any of us here have ever been completely sure if you are serious. I'm completely serious that we could do it, and completely serious that it would work, Hughes says. Our mission statement is secure, contain, protect. Somewhere during the line, we should really look into adding and keep as many human beings alive as possible to that. It's implicit that humanity is what we protect, Graves says. Secure the anomalies, contain the anomalies, protect the anomalies. How does it scan otherwise? We're getting off topic, Wheeler says. We're not exterminating all sapient life. We could immediately terminate and suppress all memetics and antimemetics research worldwide, Hughes says. We would have to systematically... Hold on. I'm so sorry, but I just had a realization. They said if no one's there to think about it, it would be gone. He's saying terminating and suppressing all memetics and antimemetics. Is this an entity that is formed based on people being knowledgeable of antimemetics to begin with? Well, it's an idea. It's a collection of ideas. Oh my god, so like if people stop having ideas... Then those specific ideas. If, they don't, if you do not have any sort of route to get to those ideas, I guess. Interesting. What if they just build a big Faraday cage over Earth with foundation money? <laughs> <laughs> that would stop it, right? No signals. You can't get to my thoughts. I had a Faraday cage and plated and it into my head. You can't hurt me. <laughs> so, you're my natural I want enemy. That, I want that to be in a dash, J so bad. <laughs> He's, in, he's invincible. <laughs> uh, continue. We would have to systematically dismantle the whole scientific field forever. Stop all the experiments, scrap all the research, brain cert, wash all the researchers. If nobody actively researches this field, nobody will ever find the SCP. It stays buried in the farthest reaches of ideatic space indefinitely, like radioactive waste. He looks at the ceiling. The problem is interesting. Ironically, the most practical way to do that would be to develop an artificial meme. One which encodes the idea that metics research is intrinsically worthless and harmful. Enrich it with religious or scientific virals and release it to the general public. A year after after it got out, we'd be tearing our own labs down. 
unless the anti-medics division's institutional immunity to that kind of eternal threat was strong enough to stand up to the pressure. Interesting scenario. Even if we don't go in that direction, we definitely think about wargaming getting sympathetic legislation, see what outcomes are likely. But, Wheeler says, no, hiding wouldn't work. It could be introduced externally or occur naturally. We know, Bart, that's already happened. The SCP is incarnating as we speak. Look at these precursor anomalies. We're in what you call the foreshadow. It's here. Will is referring to predictive models which Hughes must have created himself during prior meetings. Models which Richie doesn't have time to familiarise himself. Still, he gets it. He wishes he didn't get it. His fear comes from a completely different place from most people's. The sheer alien scale of the adversary is enough to intimidate most into petrified submission. From a cursory read, the SCP looks like a nightmare scenario. It's going to turn human civilization to something beyond Hughes' ability to imagine. But that's every Monday in this job, and in any case, Hughes doesn't have much of an imagination. He's intimately familiar with almost the entire SCP database, and is a world authority in anomalous containment. The few areas of silence he doesn't have genius-level ability in, he has trusted colleagues who do. They are all solved problems, locked boxes. This is, is this like the part of the story where his like little JoJo like stat block box pop up? <laughs> it's like showing all he the can, he genius so, level. These thoughts go through his head in zero point five seconds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it gives us the science Grip analysis. <laughs> this is different. He has more ideas, but there is mechanically no way to start working on the problem. It would eviscerate him the moment he tried to comprehend the entire problem. He'd need to design and build the box while already inside the box he was building. He would need to box the universe. He looks around the room's walls. They seem to be holding up. We could hide in units like this for the rest of our lives, he says. Our whole species, while the SCP roamed our reality unchecked, like a plague. I declare this to be the exterior of the containment unit. Done. No reaction. I don't think we can do it, he says. If the SCP is live and consensus nominality right now, the game is over. I don't care if a polyon classification lives or dies, from where I'm seeing this anomaly is fully functionally uncontainable. I, my team and I may have said something different on prior iterations. I could be in the wrong headspace to see the answer. We are all of us different people from day to day. No, 058 says, you say the same thing every time. So that's it. Is that it? 058 says, the objective of the Foundation is protection. In the majority of cases, this involves the secure containment of anomalous entities, the establishment of special containment procedures, such that such entities can be kept safely and indefinitely. Standard guidance is against that of neutralization and to avoid destruction at all costs. Everybody in this room is aware of this. However, senior Foundation officials such as me have the right to waive that guideline under certain narrow conditions. I am exercising that right. I deem that in our reality, the SCP cannot coexist with human civilization. We're going to destroy it forever. Does that change your outlook any? Special neutralization procedures, he used deadpans. His expression is worsening by the minute. That makes it easy. You just gotta use a big laser. <laughs> Problem solved. While you were distracting eating everyone's mind, I stood behind you with my gun. What I would do is I would have the 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 three thousand eat it, and then all its like ant how would it like eat it? Fucking yeah! Think about because the snake has you, that juice in it, right? That physical makes you forget stuff. Eat. The snake can eat it with its brain. <laughs> There's not like an <laughs> actual starfish. This is a metaphor. You understand? It's not. I don't. There is no physical starfish. Stupid. 
Explain to me why it's a starfish then. That's just what the ideas look like when you graph it all out. That's the shape it makes. Oh. There's no actual there's no actual like physical body that can feed something. Guys, I think it's over. (laughs) I would simply overcome it with my willpower. Yeah, it's like I have him trying to get into his mind. Well, Well hold on, hear me out. There's a lot of magic bullshit in the Foundation, right? What if they summoned the idea into a physical vessel and then they had the snake eat it? Well, how you, this, this sort of like relies on introduction of a new magic spell that we've just made up. I would, I would, I would simply give it a vessel and then I would give the target amnesia and then it would feed the target. It would try and like get inside my head and then it would like suddenly find itself in a throne room inside my brain where I'm sitting. Like, <laughs> know your place. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see this crown? This is my absolute like, authority dominion. to touch my soul? <laughs> so fucking God! Just to guys. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Like the fucking what's his name? Sukuna. Yeah. <laughs> no, Stay your in place. There. <laughs> oh my goodness! So five, eight, eight starfish points. tentacles to gain power. I know that neutralization is generally considered easier than mere containment. Hugh says, When I first joined the Foundation, I asked my mentor, who retired many years ago, what's the biggest anomaly we've ever contained? That he was cleared for, event, of course. And he told me about a very old rumour he'd heard once, back in his earliest days when he was just starting out. The rumour was that Abrahamic religions had not always been monotheistic. Originally, there were three capital G gods, and sometime in the past 150 years, the Foundation had killed two of them. I believed him. I was very young and experienced and naive and kind of a bit in awe. It wasn't until years later that I thought back to the conversation and the fact that I'd never heard that rumour or anything like it from anyone else and realised he'd been bullshitting me. And now it's decades later and modern meme-plastic technology is 100 billion times more advanced than it was back then and I built 30% of it, almost a third of my life. Then look at what the Antirimetics Coalition handles on a quarterly basis. And I know better. Oh, I just realized something. What? <laughs> like, the, in, like, in other stories, they talk about how the Aventurex division used to be much, much bigger and stuff. Uh-huh. And here they're calling it the Antiometics Coalition. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Wait. That's sad. I don't know better than anyone in the face of the surf what is or not is not possible. And he trails off. They're all waiting expectantly for him to say something. He can't get there. He's in the wrong frame of mind. Maybe he's in denial. Maybe the solution is an idea he doesn't want to take on board. How ironic. What did I say? Just tell me. Your team suggested that just because the SCP is the most powerful metaplectic threat ever observed doesn't mean it's the top of the hierarchy. I'm I'm not going to make fun of you for that word. That word is hard. 058 says... You suggested that it would be possible to synthesize an idea in order of magnitude still more powerful than the SCP, specifically designed to neutralize it and under our control. A counter-meme. I would take... That could be possible, Hughes hazards. It would be insanely dangerous. It would require tremendous resources. And 10 to 20 years of real-time work completely uninterrupted. To avoid observation, we need to be hermetically sealed away from the exterior universe for that entire time. We need a, bi- a lab as big as a launch ecology. Wait a second. His brain has just caught up. He realizes the context in which he's saying those things. And he's been working for the Foundation for a long time. Oh. 
It's oh, done. No, keep going, but, but I had an idea. It's done, he says. The lab, it's been built. It was built decades ago in secret, and we put our best researchers inside it, and now the work is done. That's what we're meeting for now. We're ready to go. We're figuring out how to deploy the counter meme. That's brilliant. If I'm right, that's brilliant. Am I right? Tan, I have a theory. What's your theory? I think that the meme they built the Tower of Spiders guy. I don't know about that. Uh, well, that's my running theory. But, Wheeler says, when you joined the Foundation, you were taught that a day would come when you'd have to, with very little preparation, sacrifice much or all of your existence to protect what most needs protecting. You've worked here for 30 years, and all that time you knew that sacrifice would be in your future same day. We were all taught the same thing. It feels to Hughes as if a shadow falls over him. He looks at Michael Lee, his director, who hasn't spoken yet. Lee says, You are right that the lab is built. Construction was completed in the last 48 hours. The construction crew have been anesthetized and dismissed, but the work hasn't begun yet. That's what today's about. Hughes says, That's where my people are. That's where your people are, he says. They're in the bunker, waiting. We have your cover story prepped. We're faking your death. It's time. You're going under now. Now? No, I, I doubt that. Your team volunteered. I took care of them myself. They're good people, Lee says. Like hell, he says. Did I volunteer for this? Wheeler says, Bart. Hugh says, any prior version of me who agreed to this was a goddamn moron. And I disavow his opinions. <laughs> Based. <laughs> I love that. Past me was stupid. <laughs> this is a prison sentence. I don't want to spend 20 years not able to see the sun. I don't want to be buried alive and work. I have... He trails off and stirs through the table, eyes defocused. He was about to say, I have family. But he doesn't. There's still his sister. She's foundation like him. But he can't talk to her and she can't talk to him. They've tried. He tries another tact. This... Has a low probability of success. The time frames are bad. It's 2008. The SCP will be here by the end of the 2010s. It has an excellent probability of success, Graves says. Define excellent, Hugh says. Better than 50%, if it's you. Graves produces a thick report which presumably backs him up. Hughes peers at documents. He can see his own name on the cover. God damn it. <laughs> Imagine like you see it as like my own, my past self has fucked me over. <laughs> That's how I feel. Teamed up on by others and me. Every time I eat way too much, like right before I go to bed and I wake up, that's what happens to me. (laughs) It's like getting that document handed. That's my own personal version of getting handed that document every day. It's like, who could have done this? You're like, him. (laughs) He's just like me. 50% is good. If you were anyone in this room, he'd seize the chance with both hands. Graves goes on. You convinced us this had to be done, and that you had to be at the center. You were prepared to make the sacrifice. He opens the document to a page in the back. The eyeball of his germ roves the page rapidly and finds the passage he wants. Allow me to quote your own words to you. The SCP represents an omniversal scale threat. It threatens neighboring realities to ours. It threatens microverses within our macroverse. It threatens universes which embed ours as fiction. Go ahead and think of a prison sentence if it helps. 058 interrupts. Rescind your consent if you'd like, but the next place you're going after this is the bunker. <laughs> oh my god. He just glances around the room's walls again. He makes it too obvious what he's thinking. The door's locked, Dr. Hughes, 058 says. You're not exiting until we're through here. 
What's the cover story? Hughes asks. How are you planning to do it? A helium gas leak in S16BO3312, Graves explains. The leak will be real. There's a forged body in here already. Impossible to distinguish from a real one. We've tampered with your public schedule for the day. Put you in that room, not this one. As for he's stalling, who 58 says to Graves and the others, he doesn't need to know any of this. Name someone else, Lee suggests. Being serious, who in the world other than you stands a credible chance of solving this problem? Who could we send instead? He says nothing. There's nobody. Really, nobody in the world. And he can do it. Lee presses. Is there anybody else? Even if they didn't want to, who has the skills we need who isn't already in the vault? The world shifts positions a little. Lee's standing now. Wheeler looks around alertly, gripping the arm of Jer. She has a fountain pen in her fist, uncapped. It's like she just remembered something. Oh, wait, wouldn't her, wouldn't, um, Mr. Wheeler qualify? I mean, he doesn't, he's not like a big scientist, man, wasn't good. Well, he's really good at being an anti-meme guy. I mean, he doesn't right? know any science about it, though. Okay, what science is there to know? Just don't think about it. Fuck it, he's gonna go in there 20 years to make the counter-meme. <laughs> Damn. Maybe she thought they were going to choose her. Then why would she have... The the thing that she has an uncapped ball pin thing gripped in her fist implies she's ready to stab someone. So, like, she's on the offensive for some reason. I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out why here. It's like she just remembered something. 058 glances at Wheeler, puzzled at her reaction to apparently nothing. Hughes doesn't know it's anything. It's just me. It's just you, Lee says. That's good enough for me. Hold on a second, Wheeler says. Lee pulls a gun out of nowhere. Hughes' germs and enormous pupils shrink to valid pinpricks. This is no part of any plan. Everybody in the room knows it. It's a real gun. Hello? It's impo- Yeah, hello? Hello? Oh, there you are. Sorry, you cut out for a second. Uh, let me start again. That was sort of like the big point. Lee pulls a gun out of nowhere. Hughes' germs and enormous pupils shrink to valid pinpricks. This is no part of any plan. Everybody in the room knows it. It's a real gun. It's impossible that he could have it. Wheeler starts to rise out of her chair. Her own sidearm is locked in a box outside. Lee aims at Bart Hughes' chest and fires twice. The first round pierces him in the lung. The second round, fired as Hughes collapses, nicks his laptop screen, which is bulletproof, and ricochets up into the meeting room wall. How do you have a bulletproof laptop screen? During the foundation, shit happens. <laughs> but, like, how does that I can't that even... believe Lee was the sussy imposter all along. He really was. I can't believe this. So that means... But we know that's not how Bart dies, because we know he dies on a lake. No, it was a different guy. No, wait, what? That wasn't Bart. Oh, yes, it was. No, it Are you gaslighting I'm me? not gaslighting. Okay, but, it's a different character. Okay, who who died then? Let me okay. go back. I'm pretty sure that was Bart Hughes. He was talking to Marion, and then he got eaten or something. Lynn Maris. Lynn Marnis, he was called. Oh, my bad. I did get confused. I'm, you'll never be confused again, because I'm going to popcorn over to you now. <laughs> Lee turns, now aiming at 05-8. He gets two more rounds off, each causing an ear-splitting electronic shriek and a flash of luminous green light, as 05-8's protective ward absorbs the energy. Wheeler lunges at Lee from behind his gun arm, deflecting it upwards with one hand while plunging the fountain pen into his throat with the other. Lee struggles. Wheeler pulls hard, opening his throat all the way up. Lee's fingers loosen and she spirits the gun away. Lee gurgles in agony and stumbles backwards, clutching futilely at his wound. He smashes his head, well, the germ he's wearing on his head, against the glass meeting room door and slides down onto, into a spreading red lake. He's neutralized. There are two seconds in which nothing happens. 05-8's eyes meet Wheeler's. 
Your thoughts? He asks urgently. Michael Lee was compromised. I don't know how, Wheeler says. She makes the gun safe, holsters it, and vaults over the table to check on Hughes. He's dead, she finds. Graves is dead, too. When in the hell did Graves get hit? What just happened in this room? This whole side could be compromised from top to bottom. Graves is like, Wheeler, the secret of his stand this time. <laughs> it's like, what happened? Graves is suddenly blown away. In his final moments, Bart Hughes was not thinking of his family, but on how to defeat the fucking starfish. <laughs> it's memory. I need to tell them somehow. <laughs> I have follow-up questions, 058 begins. A bolt of lethally intense heat and light interrupts him, scorching the wall behind his head. He ducks. Wheeler turns to track the source, aiming the gun with bloody hands. Something is lasering its way in through the containment unit airlock. It's a powerful laser, wielded with robotic precision. It's happening almost too fast to see. My personal security, 05-8 says. I heard the shots. Call it off, Wheeler says. If this unit is breached, 3125 is coming for all of us. The unit's hermetically sealed. I can't send any kind of signal until the door's open. That's a problem. The airlock splits and is torn away in segments. An enormous gloss black armored mechanoid looms in the gap, crouched to peer into the room. It looks (gasps) exactly as if 058's limousine got up and started Transformers! (laughs) Pretty much. It's still impossible to guess whether there could be a human pilot inside. Behind it, in the distance, Bachner is immobilized, sealed to one of the staging area chairs with a sizable glob of transparent orange glue. She screams, Help! For Wheeler, it feels as if a black wave rolls over her, pouring into the containment unit from outside. She drops the gun and raises her hands. Being found holding the smoking gun isn't likely to be a good look, and she doesn't know for sure what heuristics, human or electronic or otherwise, control the mechanoid. It could be prone to making bad decisions. Stand down, 058 says to his bodyguard. It stops moving, but its single laser doesn't, flickering as fast as the eye can follow between four motionless targets. Wheeler, Hughes, Graves, and Lee. It's waiting for movement. Lee, not completely dead, twitches. The laser pulses once in retaliation, atomizing his head in germ. The laser settles down to a shorter pattern, looping between the three remaining targets. Wheeler doesn't move a millimeter. I said stand down! This time it seems to hear him. The laser clicks off and settles into a neutral position. Wheeler relaxes. Lee was compromised, she says again. She hurries to the back of the room, where a medical kit is mounted on the wall. We need to get you out of here, then then we need to sterilize the site. Compromised when? 058 asks. By whom? I was given to understand that 3125 rendered its victims wholly bodily subordinate to it, biologically incapable of doing anything but propagate its core concepts. But Lee was still high-functioning. We've miscalculated something, Wheeler says. She throws most of the kit aside, keeping only a strangely shaped capsule with a thin nozzle and pink fluid inside. And the gun? We were all searched on entry. I don't know. Wheeler can think of several ways to get the gun into room undetected. It could have been planted in the restroom by Lee on a prior visit. Bachner could be complicit, perhaps others. She thinks there's an extremely strong chance that the three members of Hughes' teams have been murdered, too. It's all academic now. She applies the capsule to her right wrist and infuses the first half of the dose. It's fast-acting chemical amnestic. She hopes that splitting one dose between the two of them will be enough. Isn't this the part where SCP-3125 makes an appearance? 058 suggests. I certainly feel something in my head. My germ, I should say. Oh, up stroking me, germ. <laughs> Roll up your sleeve. You also need to deactivate your shield for a second. He obliges, and Wheeler gives him the rest of the drug. Wheeler sorely wishes the shields were standard issue, but they are exceptionally hard to come by, and there are serious controversies and side effects associated with them. Outside, Bachner has been gurgling and starting to speak in tongues. 
Now she screams again. When Wheeler looks, something long and dark, sharp as a javelin and bifurcating into filaments, descends from somewhere in the ceiling of the warehouse. It curls around the chair Bachner is glued to and lifts her up into the air. A second thin feeler makes an appearance. It probes Bachner's glue-covered midsection, curiously, and then pushes itself through her like a pin through paper. She wails, liters of blood gushing out and splashing to the floor below her. The feeler withdraws and makes a second hole beside the first, and continues in that fashion. More spider legs impale O5-8's mechanoid bodyguard and pull it away from the airlock, rapidly dissecting it into sparking pieces. The laser flashes wildly as the machine dies. It's no use. In the distance, a sidewide containment alarm starts up. It's a mimetic threat, O5-8 says, mostly to himself. Where do the arachniforms come in? Do you have alternate transportation? Wheeler asks. S167B02101. There's an escape pod, O5-8 says. As he says it, Wheeler writes it down on her hand with her bloodied fountain men. Underground? You're sure? Is there a code for the door? O5-8 lists five digits. He clutches his head. Oh, is it 55555? Five, 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 five? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> That's what it was for the, the container. I imagine they'd use a bit different way before. Yeah. His germ is twitching unhappily and changing color. If working anywhere ever has taught me, the pin is the same for everything. Uh, his germ is twitching unhappily and changing color and texture, as if an infection is spreading across its pale blue skin. I can feel it. It's like steel jaws. This is most unpleasant. We need to get to the escape pod, Wheeler says. There's nothing else that matters. We don't need to remember why. Got it? Spider legs reach into the airlock and begin tearing the room to pieces. They're fast-moving and grabby and angry. They know there's something important inside, but they can't get to it. The skull bone is too strong to be broken apart. 058 doesn't have much field experience. The amnestic is blurring his thoughts. I'm deferring to you, he says dozily. Escape pod, lead on. Wheeler takes his hand. She's got Lee's gun in the other, a decent amount of ammunition left. With me, she says. She's done this before. She doesn't know it. The warehouse ceiling starts to cave in. Uh, popcorn. But what is it? Where is it? What does the SCP look like? Its motivations, its origins, its modus operandi. How much of that can be known? Does it have to be known to solve the problem? Does it matter how intelligent the intelligence is once it's inside the box, once it's checkmated? And what astinic, mind-drenching form could the countermine take? How could human hands assemble something so devastatingly powerful and hold it steady? What human mind could wield it without exploding from the inside out? What would deploying that concept in anger do to the human ideatic space? How far out from the solutions of modern mimetic science? A year? A century? What insane impossibility has Hughes just committed himself to? He doesn't know anything. He knows the site is coming apart, and something violent and psychotic is flooding its corridors and its people. A livid, roving swarm which makes every human into the worst possible thing a human can be. A thing which stands wrong, which looks wrong, coverless and furious. He races down the corridors, and then down ventilation shafts which will take him deeper. He's small and has quick, slippery locomotion. He can make it. He can lock himself in. He doesn't know what a germ needs to survive. All he's seen is the cages. He doesn't know Buckner's cur routine. Does it live in water? In C. Jagetti's blood plasma? Is it fed a formula? He needs to reverse engineer his own biology before he starves. He doesn't know the model of his mind. It hurts to think. But he can't think. Did he move his consciousness inside yeah, the Yeah, because it backs up your consciousness, so it killed him, but his germ has still got all the brains, I guess. Oh my god, did he get reincarnated as a slime? <laughs> that's how he got reincarnated right as a germ. <laughs> did that literally happen to him? I think that's what happened to him. That's great. Guys, he is anime. Alright. 
Um, wow. So that was pretty good. I will say, and this is just my ADHD brain, it started a little slow for me, but mm. uh, the concepts were interesting enough to keep me... Yeah, it's, it, and this is surprising that how many takes on antiemetics we'd have in this one fucking series. Yeah, that too. So I'll give this one a 10 out of 10, but not a 13 out of 10. This guy, he's so he's so angry, he hates it. I didn't say that. He's swearing at me right now in the Discord chat for, for yeah. sending him such a. It didn't, it didn't get any negative bonus stars, so I didn't hate it, but I didn't give it my like bonus. I was surprised as well because I, 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 I said maybe we'll get three in, but we didn't get two in. <laughs> we, we got one. Barely. My goodness, though. But I'm getting. How, how close are we to the end? Uh, there's a couple left. Right around uh, three or so. A couple is in two or three? So, yeah, not a couple then. Like, more, one more than a couple. <laughs> so, a few. <laughs> a trio. Alright, so, like, two to three more episodes. That's not bad. We're almost there, guys. In that wonderful future. But um, it's now it's time for the new and improved uh, comment reading. Comment reading? Yeah, we're, we're doing this on Sunday instead of Saturday. And people you didn't know what were we very were happy with that. Of. Yeah. I need a quick second to get water. Why don't you start with reading the first one while I get my glass over here? Uh, sure, let me get into it. Let's begin with Meep Meep's comments. I believe I have been approaching too rapidly, to the point I overshot and missed the previous episode. Time to go back and check that one out. Oh, I'm late. I'm late for such a terribly important date. Is this guy quoting Alice in Wonderland? Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Is that an Alice in Wonderland reference? I'm gonna I'm gonna change who I am. No more anime references. It's all gonna be classic literature. Is that a Dante's Inferno reference? Okay. Um, next up we have Dino Tales. Dino Tales says, "Really love the reading of the Antimimetic series. You guys are great. Thank you." Also, yeah, I would love for you guys to check out the new stuff. Some pretty cool cool skips come up once in a while. Allow me to recommend some. My recommendations are that you get some bitches! Oh! You hear him, Tanner? He said you have no bitches. Do you hear that? Tanner? I'm sending oh my you God. to floor nine. <laughs> I thought you killed him for a second. He was so quiet. <laughs> I sent him to floor what's on, nine. What's on floor nine? My true self. Not even August goes in there. <laughs> August terrified. A shiver runs down his spy. You see, but he doesn't say anything. What you what you experience on the podcast is the Tanhini terminal or avatar, if you will. My true self is in three segments scattered throughout the tower. Oh my god! Which segments in floor nine? Uh, Floor nine holds the ego. Oh god! (laughs) Uh, What would win, Tanhini's ego or Kaiba from Yu-Gi-Oh's? Probably Kaiba's. Yeah. But that, that, to be fair, that's a pretty rough matchup. Uh, MT says, Hello from the past. I'm currently binging the podcast at work, and it's episode 69. We'll catch up soon. Also, are Mr. Murphy and the Spectre colleagues? I'm sure they'll like each other. Who are, and who? Well, we know Murphy Law. He was the detective. Who's the Spectre? I don't, th- I don't think we've seen the Spectre. So, so is that SCP, or is that something else? The Spectre. Yeah. And honey, you're supposed to know what's SCP and not. Is that SCP? Sorry? Okay, never mind. Is the Spectre SCP? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Boris W... Oh, but what? <laughs> Rare comment? Rare Boris W? 
Boris WW says, I think the last tale was a little confusing because you previously skipped the side story, What the Dead Know, which is fair enough as it's not as good as the rest. Maybe reading at least the first part could clear things up a little, though. Good to know. Uh, excuse me. Nox Stella says, Hey guys, I'm one of your Spotify listeners. I found you not long ago, and I listened every day until I finally caught up. Thanks for entertaining at work. No problem. Thank you for listening at work. Very nice of you to say. See, this this is restoring my humanity. I was so worried because the views were dropping, but as long as people are still enjoying, then we're doing something. People's dreams never die. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's the whole point of the series. I'm watching Uh, one, please. (laughs) Shythalia says gun honey, which just reminds me of a really sad panel from Chainsaw Man. Don't open that door. <laughs> oh man. Feel uh HU4D says feeling like the main character today. Nobody else has ever gotten the high honor or comment being read at the start of the episode. Um actually thinking about that, Tanoni and I had an idea. Um do do we want to announce it yet or is it to keep a secret? Uh no, go ahead. Announce it. Okay, so we're not doing it just yet because we. I want to figure out how to set up like a raffle correctly and uh, how we would track it. But if we could find a good way to track it, I don't know if we'd need a bot or something. Um, there's this other podcast I listen to pretending to be people, and they have this cool thing where when you mention them on like social media um, that you get entered in a chance for a raffle, and then if you win, you get, like, an announcement at the beginning of the episode. Well, let me make a little adjustment be... where, once you mention me, I immediately know your location. And I begin moving. <laughs> well, well, I was thinking, because, you know, I kind of miss doing the lore on the podcast, and I know people like that. It's like, people who win can make announcements, and they would be, like, in lore, like, maybe broadcasts from the Foundation or something, or, like, other GOIs. I don't know. You could figure it out. I thought it'd be fun. Or maybe it would be like daily lives of people inside Tanhoney Towers. It could be fun. Interesting. But, yeah, but don't feel, don't get on that yet because we still have to figure out the logistics of how to make that work. Uh, I, you guys don't know how badly I have to ship, by the way. I'm trying to get through these comments so fast. Thank you for letting us know. Uh, no Thank problem. Thank you for your service. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> Three Yellow Arrow says, I too would not mind you guys reading top rated stuff. Also, I forgot how hard Case Hate Red went. Like, holy shit. I, I wasn't thinking about reading actually, top stuff. Case, I, was I actually about love reading... Case Red, so I, I don't I would appreciate the negativity in my comment section. What is Case Hate Red again? It's one of the tables you read. <laughs> oh. I'm making a little joke. Um, I, I don't think we'd read top rated stuff, though. I think we would read just whatever's brand new at the time. Well, there are risks with that. I've, I, I feel like. Just for the sake of like the reading, there's very some sort of minimum, at least not into like the far negatives. There. Um. That, well, I think obviously if there was like something problematic, we would just not put it in the final cut. Okay. But like just browsing the newest stuff, because like I know what you mean. Like if you get like racist Squidward or something. That's not what I, I meant. I don't. <laughs> wait, what the fuck are you talking about racist Squidward? There was like a there was like a uh, an SCP someone wrote that got like immediately downvoted off the wiki that was like racist Squidward or something. What's he remember. fucking hear about these things that I don't know about? <laughs> this was like a year or two ago. I remember because it was like a dumb meme on um, SCP Declassified. They brought it up and someone showed it to me. Uh, Guari SCP says, The idea of occasionally reading some of the top rated of the month is quite good. Alright, where did top rated... Is that what I said before? I meant like the new ones. But I guess top rated of the month could be interesting. 
Sure. Was that your idea? I don't think I ever contributed. I think people are... I don't know. They gaslighting you. It's quite good. As, in my opinion, with your current format, you miss a lot of good stuff. Wow, Tanny, saying your picks are bad. I have not dispatched How do you feel about that? the super ego to your location. <laughs> the second man cal- of the triad. Who is the second of the triad? The super ego. Just... It's a, um, where do you house Yuna in the towers, by the way? Uh, Yuna is in the graveyard because she's fucking dead. I know. <laughs> you honor and her. And also, no one here <laughs> watches know who the fuck Yuna is. You guys don't know the extended lore that exists only between him and I in, in our fucking stupid moments alone. <laughs> but Yuna died, and it was really sad. And you should all thank her for her service. <laughs> Um, Comedy Man Kelp says, just unhinged my jaw and swallowed 3125 whole. You're welcome, Antimimetics Division. How? I'm just imagining, like, you know that fucking sound when, like, an anime girl bites something? It's like, ow. That's what he did. <laughs> okay. Next from Lan. Would you rather lose all your friends, have all your money stolen, have all your SCPs deleted, your family disowns you, lose your house, have all your podcast episodes deleted, have Hamilton become the new leader of the podcast and become gravely ill with a sickness for which there is no cure, or be trapped in the Tanhony dimension for five seconds? Um, well, outdated law. The Tanhony dimension is a bit of a misnomer because it's not a dimension, it's an entity, also known as the id. <laughs> The final I, of the triads. I think I could make it for five seconds. You could survive. End, I don't know about the, the average edge. viewer. Yeah, at least for five seconds. I've built up my defenses. That's what we passed on else for as well. I could stun it by bringing up something like from the old days. From bringing up Stune, I could stun August it. August he could survive for five <laughs> seconds. We <laughs> <But it> destroyed <laughs> his mind. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Wiped clean like so much dirt upon the car- the tabletop. <laughs> JTKC says, Wowza! More anti-memetics! Very awesome! I love the part when Skipper showed up to say Miriam Wheeler and was like, eh, I'm too smart to fall anti-meme thingamabob! I'm paid shotgun! And then his aether tick flares or something. I don't know. And then his eyes wide. <laughs> and then he like, froze his brow. <laughs> and then he clapped his hands. <laughs> I think it would be really good. What else is he doing? <laughs> these aren't even by the way. If you ever read too much like online fiction, everyone uses these. It becomes. I've also realized something that I've been trying to like avoid as well is that every fucking April space fight takes place in a hallway. It does. It's it's very it's like a straight open room. I think it would be really cool to read the recent hit new SCP so you and the other SCP people on the server can talk about it. Although I'm pretty sure you guys can finish Anthony Medics in one and a half episodes, or God forbid, a slightly longer episode. Grabs JTKC by the throat. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Enjoy the tiny fucking dimension. Remember the hope in our eyes when we could record a two to three hour podcast episode? <laughs> yeah, but then... To be fair, I, I don't think we've ever done an episode that long without a guest, though. Yeah. It helps to have a third. Couldn't leech off their energy. Yeah, we need their stamina. Uh, have a good week once again, guys. I'll be back home once the episode comes up, but it's cool because I get to see my dog again. Aww. Uh, Steve-O asks us, great episode, and great delivery as usual, Darnell. You will make it in the world to come, Steve-O asks. Uh, Sobek says, finally, I've completed the apparatus that will let me take in the entirety no. of that being known as Tanhony. This will be the breakthrough of the century. 
Uh, oh. Oh my. Anomalous. Insert the sound of buzzing insects. <laughs> when it consumed all three parts, he's the holder of Tanhony. No, he didn't consume it. He was exposed to it, you fool. Look, there's nothing left of him. No, I liked Sobek. We have a new executioner, and- October. <laughs> this is, he's like a Zanzanic figure. <laughs> And Anomalous Rider says, newest SCPs be a good idea. Top rated for the month be a good place to look for articles as well. Ah? Yes, sir. And then lastly, Orchid Stream says, what the fuck is this title? He doesn't even fucking know about Inzo. Inzo's actually cracked, okay? Don't talk shit about him. I almost died, even with my diamond form unlocked. I didn't even see that. That card's not even showed up for me. I think you're hallucinating. No, it's it's at the very bottom. <laughs> it's not there for me, I don't know. Oh my god. This guy said sorting by newest first. I am so <laughs> I swear I can take a screenshot of it right lying. now. He's lying. He's gaslighting me. I'm not. I can take a he screenshot. Give me a quick second. Look, look. I don't hate you. First of all, I love you, okay? Second He's trying to all, kill me. Listen to this. <laughs> Shut up. You're such a little bitch. What if I kill you a little bit, huh? It's not going to hurt anything. Look, right here. See? Oh my god, he's posting memetic hazards in the chat. Shut the fuck up. Anyway, there's a lore about Inzo, and it does involve Yuna as well. <laughs> there wasn't as originally Lee. lore about Inzo. <laughs> Retroactively, there is. So we have Inzo, the greatest warrior of our generation. There's Anton, uh, the romantic mage. Uh, there's Tanling, we don't talk about him. And then there was there was Yuna, and so, but Yuna's gone now. You guys will never know their story, but without them... <laughs> without them, the Gorgons would have killed you all. Yeah, so thank them for their service. Oh, I think Sonya was there too. <laughs> Most of the time she was off screen. Somehow she was the main character, but she was also very uninteresting. <laughs> it's true. Alright, um, well I think that's all for this week, right? One for all. Unless we want to do a longer episode, but I really yeah. have to shit. Thank, like, thank you for letting us know. Uh, thank you for no problem. Us. Well, I think that's it, guy. Why would... I just realized we're still plugging Corgo in the description. <laughs> we can't stop now. We're never going to stop. It's there forever. It will not Anyone else wants to plug in the description, let me know. I can just add that to the copy and paste. <laughs> it's just going to be like 3,000 paragraphs long. Anything you want to put in, then I'll do it. <laughs> if we ever open a Patreon, one of the tiers will be, be in the description. <laughs> Minimum tier. Oh my god. Alright, well, thank you guys, as always, and we will see you next time. We're so glad you always listen to us. We don't know why you do, but we appreciate it, and you will be allowed in the new world to come. Thank you. Um, Bye! Bye!